Coach Talk is brought to you by Laser Trophies and Blacks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coach Talk. My name is Steve Howard. I'm joined here by our special guest, Delane Fitzgerald, head football coach for Frostburg State University. Coach, welcome. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Yes, Coach. Uh, so we just thank you for taking the time out. I know you guys got a busy schedule going on. Have you guys? Did you guys get an opportunity to play yet this year? Uh, no, sir. Um, there's 169 teams in Division Two, and only about five of them played football this fall. But our conference decided to punt the fall season in favor of playing a handful of games in the spring. Nice, nice. And I'm, I'm noticing that is a reoccurring theme there on the East Coast for a lot of the schools is pushing everything to the spring. That's good stuff. But, Coach, as we get into this, um, our premise here is really to educate parents, student-athletes on the recruiting process and your college. Let's get into it a little bit. So, Coach, what are some of the things that a student athlete can be doing to help market and promote themselves in the recruiting in the recruiting process here. Yeah, Stephen, the one thing that's kind of held true over over a, a lot of a lot of decades in college football, the, the best thing that a young man can do for himself is pick out uh, I, somewhere between a half a dozen to a dozen colleges that kind of fit who he is and what he is and kind of fit his needs academically and then market himself to those schools. Um, Stephen, I've always thought they should do it on some different levels. Uh, so, social media ha- has changed some of the recruiting process, and, and young men can send their film out to a lot of people these days. Um, but I've always thought they should pick out 6 to 12 schools that, that they want to be at that fit who they are and what they are, and then market themselves to those schools through their transcript, through their highlight and game film, and then through – and, and I'm glad you said that, Coach. They should be doing it. I think that's one of the pieces that kind of gets lost in the shuffle is it's easy to have a recruiting company or a, a, a individual to push you to a different colleges, to different colleges. But I'm assuming from a coaching standpoint, you want that coming from the student athlete to show their interest in your program and their recruiting process. Am I right in that, in that assessment? I, I don't get offended no matter who we hear the film or tra- who, who we receive the film or transcript from, but, but you're correct. The young man needs to do it mostly himself. And even in this stage of technology, they can go in and do their complete season highlight video in under 30 minutes. So, so they can go through and put a three to six minute highlight video together in under 30 minutes and send it out to a dozen schools that you and I are talking about. Um, and, and then if that school requests a game film or two, they go back in and it takes them less than 15 minutes to send a game film to a coach. Um, I encourage all recruits that are sending their stuff out. They want to make sure that they attach a transcript to what they're sending. So you talked about them providing transcripts, videos. So what tactics work best in a student athlete promoting themselves themselves to you and your staff? Summer camps work really, really well uh, for us. Um, we, we host 
between four and six summer camps each year as a staff. And then we attend probably six or eight more one day camps, combines, just watching the young men work out. If, if I am an aspiring 14, 15 year old freshman, sophomore in high school, and I'm trying to get schools to look at me, I'm going to go to a couple of camps as a freshman. I'm going to go to a handful of camps as a sophomore, and then I might increase it to seven or eight camps my, my junior and senior year. But that's one of the best ways to be seen. If you're at camp and a coach comes up and talks to you and speaks to you, you want to follow that up with, with an email that, that has your transcript and your films in the email. I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking you to the house, and I want you to come and join me every Thursday at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time on Taking It to the House. Hi, I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbin III, and I'm the co-host of Taking It to the House. Come on out and join us. I want you to bring some hot fire. Thursdays, 4.30 Eastern Time, Taking It to the House. I want you to come with us. Take it to the house with us. You want to, you got to burn? Something you want to share? You see our Twitter accounts? You can join us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Come on, take it to the house with us. You got that hot fire? something that stands out that you just know have to take to the house, let us know on our Twitter handle. We'll be more than happy to read it on air. We want to hear from you. Bring it. So what are your thoughts, Coach, on like showcase events, like seven-on-seven combines, other events outside of high school season? What are your thoughts on those events for a recruit to get exposure? I I, I think I, I, I think that a handful to, to, to a dozen are okay, Stephen. Um, where, where I see the mistake being made is I, I have young men tell me every summer, I, I'm going to 30 camps this summer. I'm going to 24 camps this summer. Well, if you're going to three-day camp, three-day camp, one-day camp, three-day camp, one-day camp, when are you at home working? When, when are you in the weight room? When are you running your individual stuff, per, perfecting your craft? If you're always traveling around the country all summer and just doing camps, because um, the one thing that doesn't happen in those camps now, there, there's no there's no weightlifting there. Uh, there there's, there's no way for them to improve uh, weight and fitness wise. Um, that's why I always say a half a dozen, half a dozen, you know, go to five or six camps with schools that you like academically, schools that you would consider attending and, and just see how those go. Are you, to answer your question, and I should be more straightforward in answering your questions, I'm not against the seven-on-seven. Stephen, most of the states on the East Coast canceled football this fall, um, so all the young men have for their mental and physical health are seven-on-seven stuff. Um, the dense areas on the East Coast didn't play football, so I'm not against seven-on-seven, but I would tell you this. Our football program's old school, and I'm a little bit old school. Um, the game is one up front. The, the game is won with the offense and defensive linemen and linebackers and fullbacks and tight ends. That's where the game's won. You don't get to see any of that in a seven-on-seven event. So, Correct. so for a hey, for a young for a young man's mental and physical health on a seven-on-seven, have at it. Um, I'm not going to sit and evaluate seven-on-seven film. That's some good information for the student athletes and the parents. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, we touched on this earlier. Um. You talked about social media. So how has you and your staff integrated social media into your recruiting process? Yeah. Hey, social media is running everything for all of our lives right now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, 
we have, and you got to meet Coach Wiggins setting us up over the last couple of days. But um, C- Coach Kyle Wiggins here is our um, he is our marketing and branding guy. He is our social media guru here, and he he handles a lot of that stuff for us. Um, Stephen, five years ago, the kids didn't care if they took a picture with you or not when they came on their and mandatory thing. And then as soon as you take the picture with, with them, they're, they're the, the young man and his parents are sending that picture. Yeah, had a day visiting Frostburg today, and so on and so forth. Um, if if something positive happens within our football program, we post it on social media. Um, Coach Wiggins will post it. I'll post it. We, we have a Frostburg football account, and we'll post it on there. Um, so so we we do it that way. Um, Stephen, the way we have our recruiting set up is every coach on our staff, and there's twelve of us. Every coach has an area. So, so that coach follows all the high schools and the high school coaches in his area. And, and then through doing through following coaches and the high schools in the area, when a young man posts something, they get it. And the way we still the way we still handle recruiting here is that each person has their area and they're responsible for the social media and the recruiting and stuff in that area. When it, when it comes to recruiting a kid that we really want, I, I'm still a handwritten letter guy. So pull out, pull out, pull out the note card. Write the young, write the young man a handwritten letter. Still, still, okay. still, still like those. Okay. Um, the best recruit I ever signed, and, and and I was at James Madison, and we shouldn't have signed him. But when I asked him why he picked us over over Appalachian State and Furman and Georgia Southern, his answer was, "You wrote me a handwritten letter every forty eight to seventy two hours." And my mom taped them to the refrigerator. <laughs> no, that's 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 old school recruiting, and really and truly, I think that a lot of schools should get back to that. No, no doubt about it. The the power of the pen, and you can't you can't fake it when when you've pulled out a note card and sit wrote that young man a paragraph. Yeah, it's not it's not tweet or retweet anything. I think it carries a lot more meaning. Yes, definitely. So what are some of the warning signs that you guys look for when you're recruiting a prospect for your program? GPA's number one warning sign, Stephen. Um, if, if, if they had a bad four years of high school, they're probably going to have about a bad four months in college, you, you know, before they become ineligible or dismissed from school with their GPA and stuff. 
I, I don't put as much thought into an SAT or ACT score as I do their GPA. I, I think what a young man does over the course of four years in high school is a lot more important than what he did over the course of four hours on a Saturday taking a standardized test. Um, yep. But G, GPA is the first one. And then the second thing would be his parents. We do, Steve, we do a lot of parent recruiting around here. Um, yep. hey, hey, if we don't like if we don't like mom and or dad, we don't recruit the young man. If mom and dad are helicopter parents, we don't recruit the young man. Um, Stephen, I don't know if this is a stat. I don't know if we could ever find this out. We lead the country probably in coaches' kids on our roster. We recruit every coach's kid uh, in the in the Mid Atlantic Eastern region for the simple fact that you know exactly what you're going to get with a coach's son. And then, Stephen, if I if we ever have a problem with a coach's kid here, you just make one phone call. All you got to do is make one phone call to dad. The problem gets solved. N- never have that same problem again. Um, it, the, the next red flag was would be the young man's character. Our coaches are instructed, and, and we're very, very versed in this. We go into a high school and recruit. He asked the coach about the young man's character. You can ask somebody else, but before we leave the high school, we're going to ask his English teacher or his math teacher or his guidance counselor about his character. And you can look into that person's eyes and get the truth on how yep. they act. Um, don't get many high school, not many high school coaches will tell you the, the real deal with the young man because he's been such a good player for them. Yep. But a guidance counselor or a teacher at the school, they'll tell you what's going on. So to, and it, to summarize what I yeah to summarize what I said to you we go GPA we go GPA parents and then the young man's character definitely so coach I have one last question and then we'll get into talking about your program and what you guys got going on there so what's the best way for a student athlete that may be interested in Frostburg to contact you and your staff. Yeah, it's, it's send me an email. Um, send send a member of our staff an email with, with your transcripts and film. If we like your highlight film, we're going to follow it up and ask for a game film or two. Um, hey, probably in a loss, we we, we want to see how you played against a really good team when you when your team wasn't having any success. Um, but we'll ask for a film. But that's the way to start things, Stephen. And, and then if you want to keep it going, show up at one of our camps. Nice, nice. Okay. So that's all the questions, the prepared questions that we had. So let's kind of peel back the onion here and, and let you talk about your program, your staff, and what you guys are trying to do there at Frostburg. Stephen, we got here in February 2014. 
Um, they hadn't had a lot of success here. Um, had averaged one or two wins per year in the previous 10 years before we got here. Hadn't, hadn't done a lot. Um, the Frostburg had had football for 50 years and only averaged three wins, three wins per year. So they were winning three games and losing seven each year. Um, one through the interview process, Stephen, there were a lot of people wanted this job, but the more research I did, the more I thought it was sleeping giants. Um, good location, good state. Um, this state is financially sound. This is a state university. Um, we have 50 majors here, Stephen. So, so anything a young man or, or woman wants to major in, it, it's here for them. Um, and then as I was talking to people, administration was supportive. Um, there wasn't a reason that, that they were one and nine the year before we got here. But we took over. Uh, we, we, we accepted the job when it was offered to us and, and came in um, and, and did, did, a little, did a little house cleaning and, and got rid of some of the elements that were keeping them um, fr from being successful. First year here, 2014, we went four and six. Second year, we went six and four. Um, I, I say that in a negative way because we were six and one at one point and then lost the last three games of the year, one score. Um, I, I didn't know how important it was going to be for our growth, but we turned around 2016. We went 10 and one, won a conference wow. title, won a postseason game. Um, 2017, we went 11 and two. We made the Elite Eight. Where that should be impressive is, is there's 252 teams in the country that year. We made the Elite Eight. Um, so so th thought that was a great run, had a chance to win a national title. Um, yeah. They went to Mount Union, went to Mount Union, scored 37 points, and it still wasn't good enough. Um, come back in 2018 um, with, with a bunch of brand-new players because we graduated a lot in 2017. We went undefeated in the regular season, won another postseason game and then got upset in the Sweet 16. The university, our university, on the basis of us being really successful at football, decided to make the transition to NCAA Division II. Um, so we made the transition in 2019, was our first season uh, of NCAA D2. Uh, we went eight and three, finished second in our conference, and had an opportunity even to win the conference in our first year of scholarship football. Um, what, where I was really proud of our young men and proud of our coaching staff is we had about five scholarship players running around last year, and we're able to we're able to squeak out eight games, scratch out eight games. So, can you explain to a student athlete out there that may be looking at Division Two what that means to them, as far as yeah, sure the athletic and academic packages? Ab absolutely. Hey, hey, Stephen, great question. When we made the transition from NCAA Division Three to Division Two, The thing that changed is, is that we're allowed to give athletic money now. We're allowed to give out an athletic scholarship, which you're not supposed to do at NCAA Division Three. So when we go to recruit a young man now, um, we, we, we recruit him and everything is a package. 95% of all Division Two football players are not on a full ride. They're not on a full athletic scholarship. Um, so what we do is, is we take their academic money and we put it together with their financial aid and after we get their ac academic money and financial aid squared away we see what the gap is and then we add football money to that to get it down to an affordable cost for that young man to attend college and i think that's very important for student athletes looking at division two is it is a package and it's not all academics it's not all athletics and your academics plays a huge part in that 
because the better your grades are, the more money you can get academically, which makes you more marketable to a coach like yourself when it comes looking for the athletic money as well. So that's good for parents to know that. Our university gives academic scholarships. They give need-based financial aid, and then they give leadership scholarships also. And, and I left that out in an earlier part of the conversation, but but they give all three. Um, Stephen, a young a young man with a three point two GPA gets him about two thousand gets him about two thousand dollars a year. A mm-hmm. four point GPA gets him ten thousand dollars a year. That's a well, over difference. the course of a yeah, big difference. Over the course of a four or five year college education, well, it, it's thirty two thousand dollars over four years. Yeah, that's a big that's a a big difference. One of the things that I noticed throughout this conversation is you stressed academics, you stressed transcripts, all on the academic side, leading leading your conversation, and and I think that's. It's huge for student athletes and parents to understand that it plays a vital role in the process. You, you, you and I both know that there's an exception to every rule. Okay. There, there's yeah. an exception to every one of them, but I would say this, and this is, a, and a, I, if I take my hat off, I'm, I'm a little older than I look with this hat on. That's why I wear it for recruiting purposes. I, I look like, hey, I almost look like one of the boys with this hat on now. So, <laughs> hey, take it off, take it off. I look like an old man. But, but over 25 years of college football and evaluating young men and having young men go through. And, and this is because now I'm, I'm at the point where I'm getting ready to start recruiting my former players, kids. Oh, wow. Um, and, and I've now we've got I've got former teammates, sons and nieces and nephews on our team now. Um, so so I'm, I'm at that age. But anyway, getting to it over 25 years of college football. If a young man has a 2.4 GPA in high school, guess what his normal graduating GPA is in college? 2.4. It's about a 2. Point, it's about a 2.4. And and, <laughs> and there is an exception to every rule. But but if he hey, if he's a 3.25 high school student, he normally graduates with a little bit over a 3.0 in college. And Stephen, the same goes for their character. 
If you walk in that guidance office and you can tell by the, 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 the lady or the gentleman's eyes when you ask them the question, if he has character issues in high school, he's going to have character issues in college. And there, there's one that may, you know, the GPA decreases a little bit in college, but just a little bit, okay? Their character thing usually goes up a little bit. It usually goes up a little bit in college because they're away from mom and dad. They're yeah. away from grandma. Um, but if they have character issues in high school, they're going to have character issues in college. And, and so the the GPA and the character thing, it, it goes a long ways with us. And it, here's something you and I haven't talked about. Um, we do a lot of research in our football program in the recruiting process. What's his mental and physical toughness level? And then how much does he love football? Um, I, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe football. Um, I had a secretary tell me one time, she goes, you're completely eat up with this. And, and, and to take it as a compliment, if you will, I, I do. Um, but, but she says, you're completely eat up with this. The young man has to love football to tolerate me for four years because I yeah. do. Our staff does. I try to keep these to 30 minutes. So if you have any closing remarks, the floor is yours, Coach. Steven, I appreciate you having me and our football program on here today. A class act, a class act, and, and people are watching your show, and they think you just jumped on here for 30 minutes and interviewed me and then got off. Um, this has been a two-week, week-and-a-half process for you where you've been working on this a little bit each day. But, um, hey, first class, my man, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate the compliments and the kind words. This has been Coach Talk.